Wait, you say you're on the scotch tonight? Yeah. You're a certified alcoholic, Elliot, I swear to God. No, I haven't had it. <laughs> I haven't had it. I haven't had a drink in a while, mate. Oh, what do you mean a while? Bro, you literally were drinking like last weekend. Yeah, what well, Thursday. <laughs> bro, that makes it even worse, <laughs> bro. Yeah, it does, actually. Sort your life out. <laughs> Yes, it's time. Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday MMA Show. Yet again, I am Lucas. And surprise, surprise, I'm with the one and only Elliot Nash. And Elliot, I mean, we're right around the corner from UFC 258. But we've got so much to talk about today. I don't know how we've even found the time. It's currently 20 past 11 at night and we're deciding to record this. So let's see how long we'll be on for. I'm expecting a a 2am sign-off. But... We're going to start off with, I believe you've got some breaking news. You've been telling me. You haven't been telling me the news yet. You're like, we'll wait till the podcast, wait till the podcast. What's this breaking news, bruv? Share with us. Go on. Okay, so according to BJPenn.com, which is normally quite reliable, quite a good uh, kind of like site, Dana White has confirmed the Ultimate Fighter 29 coaches will be welterweights. That's all he said. But I think that kind of sets the tone of Masvidal, Colby, coaches. In my opinion, that is. You know what? I'm all, I'm all for that. Colby and Masvidal, obviously they used to be friends and now they're not exactly friends anymore. So that would make it incredibly interesting to watch. I'm already excited for the return of the Ultimate Fighter. So that just makes, you know, it makes it even more for viewing. But of course, you know, as soon as we get news on it, we'll let you guys know. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got Bellator. We've got obviously the, rev- pre- the review of the Overeem Volkov fight. Obviously, we've got our one and only favourite Dana White quote of the week. It's a big one this week. And we're going to talk about <laughs> UFC 258, Usman vs. Burns. Uh, well, I guess the only place we can start off with is with the latest news coming out of Bellator. Uh, the first that the BBC over here in the UK, obviously it's our main you know, TV show channels owned by the... Who, who owns BBC? Do we Do we own it? We, we don't yeah I think it's a public one isn't it yeah it's a, yeah, we'll go with that so anyway uh, Bellator MMA is going to be shown exclusively in the UK live on the BBC iPlayer throughout 2021 obviously you're going to have on demand highlights after each event uh, I think after it, I think it, apparently it comes after the announcement of Bellator's events in Paris last October and that was the first major MMA show to be shown live by the BBC but yeah, it, that's great news for MMA fans in the UK. Uh, Elliot, what do you make of that deal with the BBC then? I think that's, I think it's brilliant for um, Bellator. I mean, I'm not the the biggest Bellator fan. I may watch like the biggest fights, um, like like you said, like Cyborg. I'll be watching Romero. But now I can kind of like I've got nothing else to do. I'll switch it on. I mean, it's literally simple as that. UFC can be quite difficult at times if you have to have to BT and so on. So yeah, it's a brilliant deal, and I think uh, Scott Coker has done a brilliant job. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I'd I'd love to have a few extra hours in bed. I mean, obviously, this Saturday coming up, we've got two fifty eight, and that's going to be a very late one into the night. I'm not looking forward to having three hours of sleep before I wake up. But you know, us dedicated UFC fans in the UK, we've all been there for a number of years now, watching the shows at like what six o'clock in the morning, five, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. But um. Oh yeah, it's a brilliant deal. I'm very much looking forward to it. Obviously starting in April. 
And starting in April, actually, is another kind of news coming out of Bellator. It's the light heavyweight Grand Prix, which they're going to use to decide the um, light heavyweight champion in Bellator. Uh, this kind of follows Nick Pete's uh, lightweight kind of championship Grand Prix that he wanted for the UFC. But Scott Coker's gone and gone, fuck it, you know what, we're actually going to use that idea. And... There, I mean, the lineup for the Grand Prix looks absolutely out of this world. I'd say, like you said earlier, it is debatably better than what the UFC have at light heavyweight. We've got the likes of Ryan Bader, Lyoto Machida, Corey Anderson, Anthony Johnson, and of course, new boy to the promotion, Yoel Romero. Elliot, there's some big hitters in there. Who are you most looking forward to watching? I think you've got to be crazy if you don't want to see Romero move up to light heavyweight. I mean... Uh... Yeah, you could argue, definitely argue it's better than the UFC's light heavyweight division. But now, obviously, Adesanya's stepping up. That's a bit different, another story. But yeah, it's probably the first time I've kind of heard so much hype about another kind of promotion at this level, especially, like, like we said, maybe the best light heavyweight division, which is normally in the UFC, normally they've stacked it all up. So it's completely new. Yeah, for a lot of years now, the uh, light heavyweight division in, in the UFC was seen as like the the marquee kind of shining light division because he had the likes of Liddell, Tito Ortiz, recently John Jones, Dan Cormier. Uh, and now it's kind of, I don't really see that much talent. Obviously, there's obviously anyone who's made it into the UFC, let alone the rankings, let alone in for a title shot, is unbelievably talented. But I, I just don't see that level of quality there was as there was uh, a good 10 years ago but I mean you can't be you can't not be excited to see Romero at light heavyweight to be fair to you Elliot I'm just genuinely surprised he even made it up to uh, to made it, he managed to cut weight for middleweight to be honest with you the guy looks mm. like he should be walking around at fucking 230 pounds plus and he's cutting all that weight down to 185 the guy's over 40 as well so you know what fair play to him but he, I mean he's missed a weight quite a few times and he's missed out on title shots because of his weight. But, uh, yeah, that fight, Yoel Romero versus Anthony Johnson, that's going to be tasty. That's April 16th, uh, live on the BBC. So, <laughs> guys, that's brilliant news, brilliant news. But more news on Bellator as and when we get it. And, of course, we'll keep you updated with that light heavyweight Grand Prix. We are going to look at Overeem versus Volkov. That was just this Saturday gone. And obviously this was Overeem's like final push for the heavyweight title, which as you may remember last week, I did say I hope he does get. But unfortunately, Alexander Volkov put a very, very big stop to that with a second round TKO victory over Uberim. Uh Elliot, what, what did you make of that kind of very one-sided fight? I mean, for those who've watched it, it was literally that as a one-sided fight. Uh, as soon as Overeem, I think he got caught with like a real stiff jab and it kind of broke his nose. And ever since, Overeem just couldn't protect himself and he kept on like, put his guard up, literally walking forward. And uh, Credit to Volkov. I thought Volkov looked really good. I thought probably the best he's looked in a long while, but that's because of um, obviously Overeem not doing much. Uh, he's had a t- uh, Volkov, two win streak now. Is it two win, two wins or three wins uh, streak now? Where does he go? I, I can't really. I, I, let's not be silly. Let's not put him within Garnus, the John Jones, and Stepes at the moment. Uh, the fight was is what it was. I mean, Overeem not the best. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I, I said to you earlier, watching them walk out, Volkov looked very, very calm and composed walking into the octagon. But I don't know. I looked over him. And I just genuinely had that kind of feeling. Like he just didn't want to be there. Like he just looked like he would rather be anywhere else apart from the apex center. And I think, like you said, his performance was very, very um, underwhelming. I mean, he only threw ten, 20 strikes and only half of those 10 of them actually landed compared to Volkov's 88 total strikes thrown and 54 actually connecting. So you can see how very much one-sided it was. And you could see over him, he was very much, um, he was ahead, you know, he had a very high guard uh, and he just wasn't, it just didn't look like he was, you know, pushing forward. And Volkov was very much walking down Alistair Overeem. And he just looked like Overeem didn't have an answer for anything Volkov threw. And obviously, you know, ending it with, you know, a nice combination with that uppercut hook to kind of take him down. I like I liked him. It was very clean strikes from Volkov. It looked like every punch landing did pretty much, like, do damage. And it looked like it proper hurt Overeem. Which is a shame because Overeem's chin obviously is a bit, you know, suspect. So it is, you know, it was to be expected that he had a high guard, but, you know, it, it's a shame. But uh, in terms of what's next for Volkov, I'd very much like to see a rematch between either Derek Lewis or I believe Corey Anderson. I believe they fought before both of those two fighters have fought Volkov. And both of them have actually beaten Volkov. But Derek Lewis, I know for a fact, did beat Volkov uh, on the McGregor Khabib card back about two years ago now. So or three years ago now actually, Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, I, I think Volkov should fight Derek Lewis because he's just under that kind of Stipe and Garnu, John Jones level. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's mm-hmm. he's just under that level. So I think it would be good to see him fight that and if uh, fight Lewis and if he manages to beat Lewis, then I think why not throw him into that mix? Even why not give it to Jones to fight first in that heavyweight division? So it, it is interesting and. Um, and you know it is a big shame to see Overeem lose. He is one of uh one of the kind of staple names in mixed martial arts. He's got uh you know fights left on his contract, which he said he would honour, which is fair play to him. But obviously, I don't think he'll be renewing his contract with the UFC after. But you know that is what it is. You know he knows his body better than anyone else, and if he thinks it's time to leave at that point, then you know all fair play to him. But uh, other fights on that card, I think. We're going to look at one more, and I think I was debating whether to mention it or not, but we're going to have to talk about Clay Greeder versus uh, Michael Johnson. <laughs> Clay Greeder looks like a retired skateboarder. Do you know what I mean? Like He does. <laughs> he looks more like a retired skateboarder than uh, Uriah Faber did in The Ultimate Fighter with Conor McGregor. And he managed to actually beat Michael Johnson. And I was actually blown away. I thought Clay Greeder was this kind of yeah we'll throw him in there just because he needs a fight like he wasn't I don't think they see him that highly rated do you know what I mean yeah and you know (laughs) there was a fun fight to watch between those two do you have any comments to make on that Elliot well I think in the UFC I've said it a million times if you're not going to fight for the title be entertaining and Michael Johnson versus Clay Guida is an entertaining fight for whoever I thought, personally, I thought Michael Johnson was going to take it. I thought he's kind of knocked out some big names before. thought he's got very heavy hands. But no, Clay Guida actually gave a really good performance. And I, just to go over it briefly, I think that, that card had some, no, I mean, some fights that didn't really have the hype around it. But a quick shout out to uh, Benil Dariush. 
for those who don't really know him yeah. he's just a real technical fighter but every now and then during the fight he would just put his hand he put his hands down no defense and go let's scrap and it's brilliant to see and he's a really cool guy and uh, obviously Sandhagen versus Edgar oh my god I mean, how could we not even talk about that Corey Sandhagen and Frankie Edgar wasn't I mean the fight was over before it started my hmm. god what a filthy knockout I actually felt like taking a shower after watching that knockout <laughs> I, I'm not <laughs> Elio I'm not messing about I genuinely feel like that that is it was disgusting brother he was walking away whilst he was falling over out cold it, oh, it, how scary was it it was a real real dangerous knee Sanhagen credited a guy he didn't really want to celebrate he kind of thought look it's not a kind it's not a great look for anyone especially a legend like Edgar to go down like that but I think we've got kind of got to respect how good Sandhagen is. Two great knockouts in a row now, and I think he's got to be fighting for the title next. Forget about Dillashaw coming back. I think him versus the winner out of Yarn and uh, Aljo, uh, Aljamain Sterling. So, yeah, credit to Sandhagen. Cool guy. Edgar took it well as well. He done an interview today, and it was pretty. He came out. He came across real cool as well. But yeah, credit to Sandhagen. Huge, huge future. Yeah, Sanhagen obviously losing to Aljo, who's now actually got the title shot against Peter Yan. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think giving the title shot straight after the result of Yan and Aljo. Um, that's it for part one. After the break, we'll be talking about, obviously, the big event coming up on the weekend, UFC 258. But first, obviously, it's time for the favourite part of the podcast. It's time for Dana White's quote of the week. <laughs> And this week we put it out to you guys on the Instagram. Make sure you give that a follow at Everyday MMA Podcast. And this week's one was brought in by at the Destroyer MMA. Make sure you give him a little, little check out on Instagram. And he came out with this one about Dana White on his opinion on streamers. Dana, I just want to ask you. Like I said, I mean, this is a huge pay per view event to kick off the year. Uh, you kind of stirred the pot a little bit with the uh, the piracy, the online streamers. They, they want to come after you and, yeah. and give this thing away. So, oh, any regret? Any regret? No, it kind of no, made no, me stir no, the no, pot no. a little bit. I'm glad you asked me about that because um, we got one. We got him. We're watching this guy right now. All you have to do is turn it on on Saturday, and we got you, fucker. I can't wait. Turn it on on Saturday, streamers, and see what happens. Thank you for asking me that question. Yeah, so that was Dana White's quote of the week. Make sure you get us your, your suggestions for another quote of the week for next week's podcast at the Everyday MMA Podcast. Um, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Today we'll be looking at UFC 258. And uh, Elliot, I don't need to tell you how big of a fight this one is. Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Yes, this fight has been long, long awaited. It's been in the works for many, many a year. And former teammates are now becoming enemies as they come against each other for the welterweight strap and uh, I mean I don't even know where to start with this I mean Usman and Burns obviously used to train with each other at American top team um, but obviously Usman and Burns realised they'll be fighting each other so he left to uh, he went to join Colorado alongside Trevor Whitman who's to be fair I, I looked at Trevor Whitman's like alumnus alumni of fighters that's come out of his kind of gym and the names that are coming out here Elliot they're they're bad they are bad you've got the likes of Rose Nama Yunus Donald Cerrone Neil Magny Stipe Miocic the one and only George St. Pierre Rashad Evans Justin Gaethje 
Brendan Schaub, if you're a massive podcast guy, you'll know who that guy is. Bobby Lashley, before he went to the WWE. And, of course, Kamaru Usman. Um, I guess the first thing I've got to ask you is, who do you think is going to win? <sighs> I think you can't bet against Usman anymore. Let's show him some respect. One of the most dominant welterweights we've seen. I think he's like one away of breaking GSP's record. Yeah, he's most- actually tied... Uh, with GSP for 12 consecutive win streaks or for the longest win streak in the welterweight division let's put some respect on his name he pretty much wins every round I mean he definitely got um, all five rounds against Masvidal which the the controversy is there about not training or whatever then time but credit to Usman he dominated his style was not the greatest for the, the casual's eye so I could see why people might not like him but I'm, yeah, I'm not sure about you, but I I think Usman's got this. I would love to see Burns win it. I love Burns' style. R- real cool guy, super aggressive, but I think Usman's got this. Yeah, um, Kamara Usman's been given a lot of disrespect over the past few years, especially for the way he fights. I mean, the only fight you can give him credit for, really, for putting on an exciting one, was the Colby Covington fight, where then they decided to just forget that they knew how to wrestle and just threw, threw leather at each other for 25 minutes before Usman got the TKO on that one but um, it's a tough one because Gilbert Burns coming into this fight has come off the back of destroying fighters either through submissions or knockouts or decisions he's been utterly dominant and he's currently on a 6 fight win streak Um, I do want to say Gilbert Burns did come out in an interview today or yesterday I believe uh, saying the difference between me and Kumaru Usman he wants to dominate you I want to finish you and I think that is very much the truth I mean he, you're not he's not wrong he, Usman is more a wrestler dominator kind of fighter he will go to, he'll grind out 25 minutes get the decision and not letting you have a sniff of a chance of winning whereas Gilbert Burns he does like to you know put fighters to sleep and end end their kind of careers very quickly uh, I just don't I don't know it's one of those fights it's like it could go either way and either whoever wins to be honest with you I'm not going to be disappointed because I think Usman's a fantastic champion he's arguably one of the most underrated champions in the UFC he gets so much disrespect for his style which I think is quite similar to Khabib but Khabib gets all the attention because of who he's fought and kind of who the, the, the names come up against you know the likes of McGregor your poor Izzy Gaethje's whereas I think Usman's only got you know your Covington and your uh, Masvidal so I think once Usman puts away Gilbert Burns I think people are going to start to look at him a lot more seriously as one of the best fighters that the UFC has seen in a long long time especially at welterweight which was obviously dominated by George St. Pierre so it's going to be a very interesting fight I think the main thing that's going to be key for Usman is obviously takedowns and obviously his wrestling ability over Burns but yeah that should be an interesting fight between Usman and Burns obviously the whole world will be watching and I think it's borderline impossible to predict just like Conor versus Poirier who's going to win that fight Um, but as we're recording we've actually just got some breaking news coming in over the last hour or two uh, the Bobby Green fight versus Jim Miller obviously that was on the main card for tomorrow's 258 main card uh, is no longer taking place uh, Bobby Green actually collapsed after the weigh-ins after they both made weight but the doctors obviously uh, called it off 
which means that uh, Ricky Simone versus Brian Kelleher will be on the main card. Uh, <laughs> Elliot, this 258 card is looking in danger of just collapsing altogether, isn't it, mate? I mean, considering the fights we've had recently on the main cards, this one's looking like it's going to probably be the weakest out of the lot. What do, what do you think, mate? Yeah, it's really, really falling, falling apart. It's not a fantastic look, considering earlier this year we had the very poor football. Well, it's a very poor card, the um, Neil Magny um, headline wasn't particularly a great card and they kind of need to restore this considering it's a pay-per-view I'm, I'm looking at it now Kevin Gasolum, uh, Calvin Gasolum is probably your, by the main event the only one to kind of look out for no disrespect to the other, other fighters but he's the only name that kind of holds weight Bilal Muhammad was on the prelims probably, I think push him up but obviously I'm not Dana White, I can't tell him uh, <laughs> how to run the UFC. But yeah, it is really in danger at the moment and I'm I'm just worried about what they're going to do. Otherwise, it's just going to be a very dead card and people won't want to pay the money, which they want to push Kamara, uh, Kamara Usman anyway. And this is not helping. If they want him to be as respected as, like say, John Jones, Adesanya, uh, dominant fighters like that, they need to have a great card for him and this just doesn't help, especially after the Masvidal performance people are going to not be so interested which is unfortunate for him yeah it is a shame um, but obviously like you said you've got the likes of Calvin Gasolum who still holds weight in that main card also I'd like to think the Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso on the co-main event will be could be a like, potential fight of the night there obviously Barber coming off the back of her loss to Modafferi so she'd want to come back and kind of prove her, her weight in that in that division that she's fighting in but yeah, the uh, thing is with Ricky Simone and Kelle, uh, Brian Keller is that I've watched a few Brian Kelleher fights and uh, Boom's got a, you know, he's a he's a heavy hitter and I think he, he could, the thing is when these sort of fights come in from the prelims to the main card or when a fight gets put together quickly, they usually have the ingredients to be arguably one of the fights of the night and you never know, Ricky Simone obviously is a very talented fighter, very good fighter indeed, um, and same with Brian Kelleher but those sorts of fights usually come up as one of the, uh, the you know, the ones with the most blood or the most action, and it's the ones that the fans will go away going, you know what, that's probably the fight of the night. Um, but obviously, you never know; it, it could just be a really dead rubber fifteen minutes. But obviously, I really hope it's not. But um, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting card to watch, nonetheless. Uh, that is our two fifty eight preview. But before we quickly finish, obviously. If you're listening to this on Saturday, uh, you'll probably know by now that the Leon Edwards versus Kamzat Chamaya fight is again been postponed. This is turning into a Tony Ferguson Khabib sort of problem here. Obviously, I think Kamzat Chamaya has obviously got um, COVID or is related to COVID, and obviously that fight is going to be postponed. Which leaves the question, Elliot: Who does Rocky fight in March? So, I was doing my daily little routine on Twitter to find out the information, and so far we've seen Dana White wanting the Colby fight, him versus Colby, which is, I think, is a fantastic fight, winner, fights for the title. I think he said it in an interview, which, I don't know about you, but that's, I think that's a good choice, probably a solid number one choice. You had Nate Diaz calling him out on Twitter. Interesting, don't think it really does much for either of them. If I, like, I mean... We know what Edwards is like about fighting people who are not the highest ranked. Uh, Wonderboy's been thrown in there. I think Wonderboy's still still injured technically from his um, fight earlier. Um, I think it was late last year against uh, Jeff Neal. 
and we also had Masvidal, which there's rumours going up and down about Masvidal turning down top contenders and only wanting a title fight again now, which we don't really know what's going on. And they need to do something quick because Leon Edwards hasn't had a fight in such a long time now. I mean, where, I don't know where they can go. I really, I, They need to really push the boat out and really do something big for him. We need to see where he's at. Uh, especially now, it's been like I think almost two years. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones where I think whoever Rocky ends up fighting is gonna probably show more about how he handles the ring rust more than anything. Um, if we break down your suggestions, I think Colby obviously after his win against I believe was it Tyron Woodley broke his rib in that yeah. fight. So obviously Colby's still quite fresh. Um, it'd be good to watch actually then that the Colby's obviously talks a lot of shit be, it could hype the card up a lot more but then will Colby be a main event on a fight night I don't think so I think he'd rather be a pay-per-view fighter so you never know depending on how depends how Dana can kind of swing his opinion on that um, I think Masvidal is obviously a very good shout but you know Masvidal is a very temperamental fighter as you've seen with his re- fairly recent comments about uh, about fighter pay and how he wants to get more so I don't think that I don't think the Masvidal fight would be one, especially if he's rumored to be coaching on the Ultimate Fighter along with Colby. I don't think either of those two would be interested in fighting Leon Edwards. I do like the Nate Diaz fight. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here, Elliot. I think because Nate Diaz recently has been making a lot of noise on Twitter and in the UFC in general. He's been wanting to get back in there. He said he's he's done with lightweight, so he wants to fight at welterweight. And I think where one door closes on the lightweight division, another one's opened up at welterweight for him. Obviously, his last fight against Masvidal was at welterweight. So, you know, I, why not throw Nate Diaz against Leon Edwards? Keep him fresh. I don't think Nate Diaz poses too much of a threat against Leon Edwards. Um, especially with, the you know, the damage he takes and kind of how old he is compared to Leon Edwards. But um, I think get Leon Edwards in with Nate Diaz get uh, Leon Edwards gets the W and then the next fight obviously could be against Hamzat Chamayev or someone else depending on how Hamzat's feeling that's just my opinion to be fair let us know what your opinion is really on the Instagram we'll obviously be posting about that as and when we get news but um, yeah it's a shame for Leon Edwards because I actually really do enjoy watching him fight obviously it's been a while but you know if you look through his fights on the Fight Pass or on YouTube or wherever you get your UFC content he's a really interesting fighter to watch he's not and he's not He's not one for knocking out everyone left, right, centre in the first round. He's a very tactical fighter, and uh, I, he's he's one for the for the kind of ones who enjoy watching the technical ability of fighters. So, you know, it, it could it could have the potential. Him and Nate Diaz, I'd love to watch that fight, especially it would it'd give Leon Edwards a lot more credibility as well if he was to put away Nate Diaz, especially because Nate Diaz has had such an illustrious career in the UFC. So. You know, it's it's a very interesting debate to have, and we can only hold our breaths and wait to see what Rocky does. But yeah, that was our 258 preview, guys. Make sure you uh, give us a follow on the Instagram at the Everyday MMA Podcast. We put over 500 followers now, guys, and mate, in just over six, seven weeks of doing this, this is what's episode six now. So, in the six, seven weeks we've been doing this, we've hit nearly half, no, half a thousand subscribers, which is absolutely mental. I didn't expect that sort of. Uh, reaction whatsoever so guys make sure you keep following us on instagram we obviously post quite regularly and we're starting to put a bit more sneak previews of the podcast and stuff as and when we do it um we'll be back next week with our 
kind of roundup of the action from tomorrow's flight card. And I guess there's nothing really more else to say, so we're looking forward to seeing Usman Burns. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. See you later, guys. See you soon. <laughs>